Are you doing bits? I'll try to. But be you can't fun. do I'll visual be- bits. <laughs> so then I took the train from. <laughs> wow. Joe, this sort of makes you like Larry from Three's Company. You know, I always thought he was sexy. Yes! I am all about Larry over here! Not even Peter when he took that blow to the head and thought he was Larry from Three's Company. Jack, there's a hot tub party across the street and we're invited. Oh, and don't worry, if uh, Mr. Furley comes by, I'll make sure he thinks you're... Everybody and welcome to the Nightfly with me, Dave Guskow, doing my Harry Harrison imitation. And uh, I am here live at the Comedy Cellar with the guest I've been trying to get on the podcast for, I don't know, three, two, three years. Richard Klein, everybody, is joining us today. Sweet magic. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Dave, I love your voice, really. Truly. Well, you know, I heard Harry Harrison died uh, today. Who's Do you Harry know? Harrison? Oh, maybe you don't. Well, you, you grew up in New York or you didn't? I grew up in Queens, yeah. You got a problem with that? Yeah, he was on WABC for years. Harry Harrison. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the voice I've been imitating for the whole, my whole life. Right. That's how I always open the podcast like this. Hello. Dave Tosca with you. The Nightfly. We'll continue in a moment. <laughs> I think you have a career in voiceover. Yeah, one would think. But it just doesn't seem to work like that. Anyway, well, here we are at live at the Comedy Cellar. Thank you so much for coming in early. I know you have a class today. It's my pleasure, Dave. Well, it's been two years since you've been hocking me to come in here. Yeah. No, it's very exciting. It's an Italian word, hockey. Well, we, I mean, we've seen each other since then, and we've... Uh, That's true. You know, we've done some performances together and stuff. Friends. But, um, we served time together yes. in the state of New York. <laughs> it feels that so, way. There you go. <laughs> but now I have you on the podcast, and I can ask you stuff I've been probably waiting to ask for a long time, but, you know... It's not, it's not the right form sometimes because you're just friends yeah. with somebody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, but you can ask me anything. I appreciate that. No this problem. Is good because I got three pages of stuff. Oh, my goodness. That I can't even begin to. <laughs> I'm like so excited. Anyway, let me turn this off and get, let's just get started. This is ridiculous. What happened? I turned off the music. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we can get serious. All right. Well, Richard. <laughs> Um, where do you suppose people know you from? No, of course, Richard Klein is from Three's Company. And uh, it's so funny now because now that I know you and we're friendly and now I've met and become close with Amy Yazbeck, yeah. I feel like if I just meet Joyce DeWitt, I really have everything wrapped up. You know, <laughs> the meeting of John Ritter and Amy Yazbeck took place on the set of Problem Child, the first oh. Problem Child, which oh. was directed my, by my dear friend Dennis Dugan. Oh, Yes. Who then went on to direct. Which is why you are in a lot of Dennis Dugan yeah, films. Well, yeah, he's my best buddy. And, and he went, you know, directed Happy Gilmore and Big Daddy and whatever. Uh, and so they met on the set there. And when my daughter, Colby, was five years old, Dennis hired her as the next door neighbor in Problem Child. So Really? Yeah, there's a whole montage in Problem Child where they're playing music. It's my party. Cry if I want to. And my daughter... Colby's coming down the stairs dressed as a sunflower, and the problem child, Michael Oliver, is throwing her presents into the pool. 
Oh. But that's how John met, met Amy. And uh, I don't think I... I guess yeah. I knew that she might have mentioned it, but I actually thought they met somewhere else. But yeah, yeah just no, problem child, huh? That's where they met, yeah. Which is why I think Gilbert Gottfried wanted to have her on the podcast, which, by the way, you should be on their podcast. Okay. Um, Gilbert and Frank. I don't know if you listen to Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. It's great. No. And I, I have... I have I've caught some of it. Yeah, he's hilarious and, and wonderful. Well, it's not so much him as it is Frank, who's unbelievable. Frank Santapadre. I mean, okay. this guy. I mean, Gilbert's great and everything. You know, he's yeah. amazing. But um, yeah. if it wasn't for Frank, I don't know. I mean, this guy, I don't know if, if you have heard it before. When they, they have people on that you certainly I do know, and then they have people I, you know, don't know. They were just from stuff I don't understand. Right, right. But let's say they have um, they had, uh, Robert Wagner on. You know, wow. okay. like a, about six months ago. And this Frank, it's like, you know, he's talking about old Hollywood, which is completely fascinating to, you know, that his p- people and what I like yeah. and not to others. But, yeah. Um, yeah, you yeah. know, old Hollywood stories and stuff like that. It's great stuff. But Frank will be like, Gilly, you remember Robert was in that, um, you know, Buster Crab film for a second. You know, like, I mean, he Correct. pulls stuff out of his. It's unbelievable what he knows. So he would know. Probably everything about you without even doing any research. It's Your listeners might know who Buster Crab is, but he was Flash Gordon. Oh, that's right. He was the and original he was an Flash Olympic Gordon. swimmer, too. He was? Yes, him and Johnny Weissmuller. Johnny, Johnny Weissmuller was Tarzan. Tarzan, and, and Buster Crab was uh, a Flash Gordon. Yeah. And I didn't know they were Olympic swimmers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so what happened to Michael Phelps? Why isn't he in the movies? How do you explain that? I, I don't know. Because probably because. What happened to Mark Spitz? Where's that guy? He's he's still around, but Phelps has never had a career because he's long wasted. <laughs> I'm saying what's okay? He's kidding. Um, There's no hips. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Did you do any swimming? And um, when you were on Battle of the Network Stars, now Oy, why <laughs> would you bring that up? I don't know because I was, because because when I was thinking of you and thinking of how much you mean to a lot of people, right. And I was like, you know, looking stuff up and, and just, you know, the, being on ABC yes. at that time yes. when you were on Three's Company, I mean, that was, I mean, that was my dream because ABC was the coolest network. And it wasn't just that they had all the shows we like, like Three's Company, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, sure. Mork and Mindy. I mean, the list is endless for people, I guess, my age at that time for sure. Yeah. Uh, welcome back, Connor. ABC had all the, the big ones. Yeah. And... And then when they had a battle of the network stars, you know, you want you were rooting for ABC. Everybody's rooting for ABC, especially the legendary one. And if I don't know if you were in it, it might have been the first one where Gabe Kaplan and Robert Conrad had that runoff. I, I Do you even remember? I just remember this in my head. I didn't even look this up. I just up. remember I having to swim in a relay with oh. myself and Jenny Lee Harris. So I was right. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, were yeah, swimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, I look, I went into I, that question. But I had to swim against uh, Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> A, a nice Jewish boy from Queens against Lorenzo Lamas. You know, it's like you talk about being ripped, and um, I mean physically. Yeah, yeah. You know, not, no, I got no, you. Nobody smoked on that, <laughs> yeah, right? But uh, yeah, shows like Battle of the Network Stars. I did the Gong Show, the new Gong Show, and these game shows because you did you a could, lot of game shows. A lot of game shows because you could find me on www.iltakethecash.com because <laughs> why else would I do something like that? I mean, was there a lot of money to be made on those shows back then? I mean, I don't even know if there is now, but as a guest star, were, yeah, were you I, able to make... Yeah. yeah, you make some money. Yeah, I suppose. Especially so, but but you enjoy doing game shows. I've heard you say oh, that I, you would even like to be on Jeopardy. 
I'd love to be. That on seems Jeopardy. like an easy get, though. I mean, in a sense, like I'd why? love to be on Jeopardy. Yeah. I auditioned for Jeopardy once. Did you really? Yeah, I went. I got as far as the Waldorf Astoria where they had everybody in, and yeah. you know, I got to the like second step. Yeah. And then it was, um, it was too fast. I couldn't really because Wait. I think you had to write down your answers. It wasn't. Oh, this, it was about fifteen years ago, maybe even twenty. Wow. So I couldn't keep up. It was just too who fast. Who do you think? And uh, I was ready. I was really ready. Who do you think if if uh, Alex Trebek decides to retire for one reason or another. Who do you think? Do you think Ken Jennings should take over as a host? Would that be cool? Yeah, I know that's. There's talk about that, but there is. Oh, I, I just oh, for real. Did you know. just make it up? I, I did because because I saw him doing a promo. Oh, for the, for the show. I know there's talk about it. Oh, there is talk about it. I think he would like to do it, but mm-hmm. I always think it should be a professional. I don't know. I mean, you know, he's. I mean. It's, it's kind of cool, it's, but it's but you know I mean it, Alex I think Trebek it would be is between him and Cardi B. What do you think? <laughs> Actually, I, I would watch that every day. Was Cardi B watch her mispronounce Why? stuff and everything? Absolutely. And that's the well, I guess yeah, I guess he does know how to pronounce all that stuff because that's what Alex Trebek is so smooth. But Alex, and that's why the yeah. show has lasted so long. And he's so good with the interviews. You know, I mean, he's you know he's sweet. He's a little corny, yeah, but he's he, sweet. Yeah. Well, that's true. He's yeah. sweet. Yeah. I guess Ken would be good too. But I mean, yeah. does he have interviewing skills? Is he that kind of professional? Does he have the Art Fleming? know-how of <laughs> that guy I was remember our he friends. was cross and I, I always remember like how did this guy become a host he's not very likable he's got a weird look he's not very attractive uh, he had and a yet, pompadour and a deep voice what else do you need back well, in the 50s well, that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying about harry harrison yeah okay <laughs> all right wabc <laughs> but yeah, that's all you needed back then was a deep voice. Well, See, they used all the radio guys. That's why some of them weren't good looking at the beginning. And then they, yeah, yeah. you know, went. I mean, yeah. you know, I wonder if Pat Zajac would, if he wasn't good looking. He's not very talented. His speaking voice is okay. He was a weatherman. But he was yeah. a good looking guy. You he know, was he, a weatherman. Oh, is that right? Well, that makes sense, right? Yeah, a good looking weatherman guy. Weatherman in L.A. I didn't know that. Yeah. I I did not know that. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> that's why I'm here. But, um,. You know, I was thinking about, I know you did a bunch of game shows, including, weren't you hosting one, which was to tell the truth, or you were on that one? No, you were hosting a different one. I did the, I did the pilot for uh, the new To Tell the Truth. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Did not test well. They replaced me with some guy from Gordon, something from Australia, and then, finally, and then Ahmad Rashad, and then finally Alex Trebek. Okay. Oh. So they, had, they went through four hosts. But when it was to air in September... My, I was in Los Angeles. My mom called me from New York, from Queens, and said, I saw you this morning on the TV on the game show. I said, Ma, no, I, didn't. I actually didn't make it. She said, what are you telling me? You were on. I saw it. So I called up my manager, and I said, my mother just called from New York and said I was on the air with To Tell the Truth. He said, I'll make a call. He calls me back and says, they played the pilot tape by mistake. By mistake? So Mark Goodson Productions... Sent over. Mark Goodson, Bill Todd. Bill Todd. <laughs> sent over, you should pardon me, a spray of flowers and 10 grand. Oh, sweet magic. Or no. That's a true story. Oh, I mean. No, I mean, well. Why? It, oh, because it. Because it played, aired. Oh. It aired by mistake and, you know, pain and suffering or whatever. I don't know. That's yeah. one of those things where you're yelling and screaming at somebody and then the $10,000 come. You're like, however, let me finish. <laughs> I mean, it was. Isn't that bizarre? Though? That's, yeah. that's so bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre. <laughs> just what were they planning to air? I, I, like, what, how did they even? How is that a mistake? I don't know how the, the tape got. But a technician in New York t- 
took out the tape, shoved it in the thing, and it aired in New York at a, whatever eleven o'clock the, in the morning. I guess the question is, like, what was the plan to air? Like, how did they make the well, mistake? Well, probably you know? to to air Alex Trebek. Oh, oh, they were going to air to tell the truth, but the and, okay, that makes sense at least. That yeah, of course they, they aired messed the wrong that up. Tape. Oh, that's so funny. So yeah. only your mother has seen it. <laughs> Nobody has a copy of that tape except Maybe for your mother's Shirley, mind. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. Because they get rid of the tape instantly so it never happens again. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so cool. But it's so also horrible that you didn't get it. Because that was after? Was that in the 80s? Was it after Three's Company yes. or during? Yes, it was after. Yeah. yeah. You, um, you know, I was uh, I did some research and uh, <laughs> I was fascinated. I don't think I knew that. I mean, it makes so much sense. You certainly paid your dues. You were doing commercials. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. And then I don't even know how many I probably saw you in, like this uh, Volvo commercial or Volare. I bought this Volare four-door. I got the big car ride he gave up, the room for six he gave up, (laughs) plus the compact economy they didn't give up. So why didn't they get a Volare? I give up. Don't give up. For just $39.26, get a new Plymouth Volare. Volare. I think we had one. Where did you you find that? I find lots of stuff. I go deep dark. Was that on YouTube or something? (laughs) No. It might not have been on YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea when I did that. Okay. So. We had one. Our, my father had one. That was with the wood paneling station wagon. I got out, I got out of the service in 1971. Yeah, you were in Vietnam, for Christ's sake. I know. 1971. And then, I don't know, whatever. I you started were a doing. I started doing commercials. That's why I saluted you when you came in, Thank by you the way. Me. Yeah. We'll get to that later. I have a... Purple Heart for wisecracking. <laughs> but um, I got out of the Army 71 and, and uh, just started doing commercials. So I never had, you know, like what, quote unquote, a survival job, you know, like waiting tables, whatever. And before I went to Los Angeles, which was in June of 1976, I did about 70 commercials. You did 70 yeah. commercials? Over five years, yeah. Well, you certainly look good. Thank you. I mean, you know, you look so great in these commercials. Well, you really yeah, look terrific. Well, it was a perfect type. It was the young husband and the, you know, the young bachelor or whatever. So, you did 70? Uh, yeah, at least. I have another one here. Oh, how about this one for stovetop stove stuffing? Stovetop stuffing, yeah. yeah. No, no. Honey, what's for dinner? Stovetop stuffing with have pork. Have you tried right? delicious stovetop stuffing mix for pork? Maureen, we having pork chops tonight? Right, honey. <laughs> I got a great idea. Instead of potatoes, let's right, honey. stovetop stuffing. Isn't stovetop for chicken? There's also one specially seasoned to go with pork. Sounds really tasty. Is that a fact? I got a problem with this one, you being Hebrew and all. Do you think it's wise to, could be you worse. know... I could be Muslim, but, you know... To be uh, promoting it pork? Paid the bills, they, what can I do? <laughs> I did, I did there a commercial. There was no... You had no problems just selling yourself out, selling pork. You know, your mother saw this commercial. She didn't even care. She didn't care. My mother would have my head. She'd make me return the money. I did a commercial for Head & Shoulders where I had to stand in the shower... And do the thing with the you know, shampooing mm-hmm. for hours. For days afterwards, <laughs> pieces of my scalp came. I mean, like you know, how you peel in the sun. Yeah, like pieces Ew. of skin. Would, uh, yeah, it was. Hard. Why? Well, because that's oh, because you were so, doing it for hours. That stuff oh. is toxic. You yeah, know, that, that head and shoulders. That's before they, you know, it was head and shoulders and conditioners. It was just head and shoulders, right? Which could take the chrome off a thing. And oh my god! Thing. <laughs> it got rid of that dandruff, right? It also yeah, got yeah, rid yeah, of a whole yeah, bunch sure of other did. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I oh here's another one. Which, uh, one. which one's this one? Let's see. Oh, it's the Plymouth. Oh, this is oh I see. This is the Plymouth Valari, but in this one, I guess this is the one I cut it. This is the guy from Mash. 
I bought an economy car. Nice little car. Father Mulcahy. gave up big car ride. <laughs> I bought. He was in the same commercial as you. Father uh, Mulcahy. Mulcahy. Yeah, William Christopher. <laughs> wow. He's in the same commercial as me? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. All the hits, Dave. I mean, we're going back. But you said you you got out of the service, and then you came back to New York, but then you moved to L.A., and it was Henry Winkler who told you to come to L.A.? How do you know that? I know everything. You know Henry? No, I don't know Henry. All I know is Henry Winkler also told Sylvester Stallone to come out to L.A. All this guy does is tell people to come out to L.A. Who the fuck is this guy? I I knew Henry. (laughs) He went to Yale, and we both had the same uh, acting teacher. Uh, so that's acting. where you guys knew each other from. Is yeah. that how we knew Stallone as well? I don't know how he. Well, he did. He knew Stallone because he did uh, Lords. Oh, of that's Flatbush. right, Lords of Flatbush. That's right. But I met Henry on the street somewhere in the West Side, and uh, I said, "How are you doing?" Said, oh, you got to come to uh, L.A. You know, Da-da, you get a series. You, boom, you thing. So he I went, okay. was right. And he was <laughs> wow, Fonzie, right? How about this guy? I mean, he told hey. you and Sylvester Stallone to come out, and who God knows how many other folks he might have told. But the two stories I know are you and Sylvester Stallone, and, and it both paid off. And the Stallone one is my favorite because he, I think he, um, I mean, he was telling the story for years, which was so funny at the time that, you know, I was like, well, you know, my friend Fonz, he told me to come out, yeah, you know, yeah. and I think yeah. his car broke down. He didn't have anybody to call and he called Henry and, and you it's know, so fascinating. That, that, that his, his story with uh, yeah. Rocky is so it's a wonderful fascinating. Story. His nickname is Sly, you know. Yeah. My nickname is Why. <laughs> Why are you saying that? You're going to get that purple Why? heart again. <laughs> uh but that's pretty cool. I did not know that. Thank you. This is a very informative podcast. Well, I like to do research, yeah. which is how I found this unbelievable right. promo. What? Ladies and gentlemen, this week's special guest on the Comedy Factory, Richard Klein. <laughs> this is the greatest. Listen to this, everybody. Who comes out and talks? Welcome to the Comedy Factory and this week's half-hour comedy Tonight's show is called The Second Time Around, yes, yes. and I'll be appearing with the Comedy Factory players, including <laughs> this beautiful young lady, Lynn Griffin. <laughs> Lynn and I play a divorced couple who remarry each other, but there are some changes, and the most important of which is that... No, we... no, 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 Richard, don't tell them that. You give it away. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. you're right. Well, there's this fabulous scene in the office. I come into no, the office. No, no, no. This is good 80s stuff. Oh, oh, well, all right. right. Then there's this... um, No, I can't tell him that either, actually. Well, you remember when you come back from the ski... No, no. Well, how about... What am I doing here? I can't really tell you anything about this story. I guess you'll just have to watch. I'm sorry. I guess this is why the show didn't make it. That's a um, Canadian show. Yes, yes. It's a Canadian show, and that 80s music in the background is actually what makes that little bit that I just played the greatest clip of all time. I also did well, a You love look American so good style. in it. Oh, I know. You got Love American you Style? Love Boat? Love American four Style? Four Love Boats. You did four? Yeah. I was totally only three. Four. You want to, <laughs> you want to know who they, my love interest was? Actually, I know two of them. Hold Go. on a second. Hold Go on. Ahead. I know without looking at my paper. Yeah, the top of my head. Lisa Hartman. Yes. She. <laughs> I spent a lot of <laughs> nights thinking about <laughs> her. <sighs> oh, God, yes. There was this other girl, I can't remember her name, but she was in Played Against Sam and there's movie Sisters. And that's the one you were in with Lyle Wagner. Yeah. Yes, Lyle Wagner. Yeah. Who's that girl's name? Before we get to that, oh. the other one of the other four was actually the star of Mama's Family. Did that give you a hint? Vicky Lawrence? Yes. Ooh. 
Did you go, yeah? Yeah, a little bit. She's lovely. Well, actually, the girl that was in the Comedy you're Factory thing you just said, you got to look her up. That ain't good. Uh, you're thinking of uh, Jennifer Salt. Yes, I am thinking of Jennifer Salt. The daughter of Waldo Salt, who wrote Midnight Cowboy. Really? Thank you very much. Oh. I'm here all day. Thank <clears> you. That makes a lot of sense that she would uh, be in movies. And the fourth one was Morgan Brittany. I don't know her. Okay, fine. But Frank Santa Padre would. I assume she was super hot. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? She had a Visine commercial that ran for years. She had the most beautiful eyes you've ever seen. Seriously. I love that. That's right. my favorite characteristic in a girl. Good eyes, good hair. And obviously I am, I'm a I homosexual. I believe you. <laughs> but, you know, um, in that Love Boat episode, particularly with Lyle Wagner, it's interesting because you play, you know, a, a, a different... You, you take it... You, you play not the... People that people had known you for for the Playboy yeah. thing, you play a, a regular Joe who's playing like, "Hey, I, I'm not secure in this, and uh, you know, I don't yeah. like that you're seeing yeah. this old boyfriend and stuff." And and it's it. But I mean, I guess that's what they did in the Love Boat. They would try to have you play against character, which was kind of good, I guess, Lots for people. That. But Lyle Wagner, you know, I, I can't compete with that with his hair. Yeah, how do you compete with that guy? I, I mean, mean, he was like, what an you actor. Look, you look up <laughs> handsome in the dictionary, and <laughs> well, a, not only is Lyle Wagner, I mean, who God knows what his story was, but. I already made a fortune in real estate. Yeah. Like, I mean, who would have thought that guy would have become a, a, a genius a mo- mogul? Mogul. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he was only born on the Carol Burnett show to be the pretty boy. In fact, they assumed Carol Burnett just was attracted yeah, to him, and, he and did that's that it. very well. Yeah. yeah. He's a good tennis player, too, by the way. That's the uh, fascinating thing is that he ended up also in, um, you know, Wonder Woman. Like, he got a second gig, and he was horrible on the Carol Burnett show. I mean, he was there what he was put there for. Did you do Carol Burnett ever? No. No. Did Maud. Three, yeah, you did three, three Mauds. Yeah. So you got to work with B. Arthur. B. Arthur, Bill Macy. And John Ritter. You got to work with two comedy icons in your lifetime. B. Arthur. She, I mean. Two different forms of comedy. sense of timing was so spectacular. It's just, that's school. That's like PhD in comedy school. Sit there in the rehearsal room and watch her work out. It's unbelievable. Was she, uh, you know, they, she gets a bad rap now that she's she dead was, with Golden Girls, uh, that she's she kind was of a, a little bit imperious. She was. Oh yeah, yeah. She was. A, she was a tough cookie. Um, she's all business, but funnier. I mean, come on, funnier. Oh my God, no! It's please. a fact, and you know, I mean, that's what made. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Somebody who looks like that, you know, nowadays that would probably never happen, and somebody who looks like that at a two successful television series. It's unbelievable, and it is all her and Golden Girls. Even those other girls are great. I mean, Betty White is ridiculous, but but the person for, who stole that show is B. Arthur or oh, the, Estelle Getty. Estelle Getty. Oh. Yeah, but only but, because of B. Arthur's amazing reactions that follow. That's what it is. It's like not now, Ma. You know, B. Arthur's slow take, slow burn. The slow is, burn is classic. It's one of the best. It's just what about like when she would just go like, um, she'd be like, Walter. "Can I borrow that paper?" Yeah. You know, like, no, no, no. I said, like, B. Arthur would do that, like, yeah. and then smack Rose over the head with it. Like, I mean, yeah, and I've got to get you for that, Arthur. <laughs> Walter. No, Walter, right? That was the Walter. Bill Macy part, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, that was exciting. You got to do more. That was, this is all before Three's Company, right? Yes. Yes. It was before Three's Company. I mean, you did, but I want to just, you know, I'm going to just ask about Three's Company now because since we've become friends, I don't really ask any of these questions, yeah. but. Uh, I'm here for you, Dave. 
In episode four, no, you ever see uh, my favorite year? Yeah. Yeah, remember when, uh, <clears throat> damn, sorry. Um, <clears throat> sorry. When uh, Lou Jacoby is talking to Peter, um, Peter oh, O'Toole, and he's like, then you won't mind if I ask you a personal question. I'm like, Uncle Morty. And he's like, what, what, what am I, Aminska Pinsk? I was born yesterday. And he goes, Morty, ask your question. Yeah. And he goes, that paternity rap a couple of years ago, oh, did God. you stupid? Whatever he goes, that's the way I was asking that thing. But um, <laughs> no, I, <clears throat> you, now, what I was looking up is that you were just brought on as a guest star. Yes. Episode four, season yeah. one. Yeah. You were selling, Jack, a car. No? No, no, puppies. I oh, puppies? Is that what it is? I don't I brought in a puppy, and, and the episode is called No no Kids, No Pets or something. That's right. That is what it's called. Yeah, that, that's all I remember from that episode. I don't really watch them. And then, sure, I totally understand that. But um, when, and then what happens? They just loved you? And I remember Norman Fell came up to me uh, the day of the taping and there was a break in the taping, obviously. He came up to me and he said, how are you doing? You know, no man had that, that voice. <laughs> a little kind of like Jackie Mason, but not quite. He said, how are you doing? I said, I'm fine. He said, you know they're going to have you back. I said, really? He says, oh, count on it. They love you and John together. I went, okay. So now Bernie Sanders, something. what's going on? <laughs> um, uh, they are very similar. <laughs> um so, yeah, so then they called me back, and I don't know how many did that first season, but I called up my agent and said, you know, they're having me back for all these guest stars. Can we get a contract? And he says, I'll get back to you. And then I got a contract for uh, for five years. You got a contract for five yeah. years? Yeah, well, that's how they did it in those days. But they, So they five loved years, you from that first appearance. It's amazing. They saw your chemistry with, together. with bumps. Wow. Yeah. And then and then so then and then there was and then there was the sixth and seventh year, which also was negotiated. But not the kind of money that you see on friends. Sure, not back then, right. Well that's what we all thought that Bob Denver was a millionaire and then it turned out they didn't have those kind of contract yeah. negotiations back then. They weren't taking care of people. Right. Uh, and then, right. yeah, probably right after you got off starting with like Cheers in 82, you think was Three's Company yeah. goes off and then all of a sudden they yeah. changed everything. Yeah. yeah. You missed it by like a year or so when they, you know, changed how they uh, pay people and, and how they figured out syndication and everything because okay. they really didn't know you about know, it back then. Because money can't buy you uh, a memory foam mattress, for example. I disagree. <laughs> I believe it can, like a really good one. <laughs> Some of you can see his face. It's really funny. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, and then, you know, I've heard that, that on, on, like, I don't know. I mean, you, B. Arthur, you said was a little, you know, a let's, little, just, let's just say all business. Right, right. So that set being a guest star on the set, yes. was it, is the word cantankerous or? Would it, no, no, no. Yeah. Was it intimidating? Yeah. Was the rest of the cast okay? Well, hey, when, when Norman Lear came in for the run through on Thursday afternoon before a Friday taping, yeah, it's like, what the, where am I? I got my hope I'm funny, did it or whatever. It was, it was a little. I, I bring it up because, um, you know, I was just on a couple of shows, right? So I did a guest starring like on, like on the Sarah Silverman program or something. Yeah. And I remember, even though I'm her friend and I know her sister really well, um, and, you know, I knew a lot of the people, I still felt like an outsider as a guest star. Because they clearly had their own jokes and bits that they do. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was saying. Is it something where, like, a, a person like B. Arthur was a little, you know, Sarah's kind of kind, but 
actually not on the set so much. But like, you know, is it more because I've heard that Three's Company was one of the greatest sets to oh. be a guest star on that everybody was a pleasure. Yeah, everybody loved. This we, is all true. We, huh? we accommodated all... everybody. It was, and you know, John set the tone because he he was just so loose and funny. And and this is what I noticed about John. And he's obviously you, you yeah. love him and loved him. Yeah. And I mean, what I get from Amy. She's still in love with him. I mean, she hasn't moved on. She still misses him. You know, she talks about him in, in a way where he's almost still here, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And we all, everybody liked John Rare. I mean, everybody, you know, nobody didn't like him. Everybody's rooting for him. I mean, the guy, you just like want, like he had all these series after Three's Company that people wanted to be good, but they weren't, you know? And then he finally got that Eight, eight Simple Rules, which was just okay. But nobody cares because you just want him to do well. This yeah. guy you're rooting for, like Christopher Reeve, you know, like guy was the greatest actor in the world. You're always rooting for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, he yeah. always seemed like a pleasant, nice guy, you know, yeah. he's trying hard and he seemed giving. But what I noticed, there's an old family feud episode where Three's Company takes on the love boat. Yes. And what I noticed, what I remember watching as a kid, was that Norman Fell was the leader. He was the one who's sitting with Captain Steubing. They went up first, yeah. Which means that John Ritter said, "Why don't you?" Yeah, yeah. and there it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, is yeah, that yeah, the? Yeah. Would Would you say that's, that that's an example? That's a good example. Yeah, yeah. But that's fascinating. You yeah. never hear stories about that, like a guy who is clearly the lead in the show, being so kind and generous, and that's what everybody says. Yeah. John John taught me. I mean, we would do the you know these press junkets or whatever, <clears throat> and I would sort of stand off to the side and watch him being interviewed. And he set the tone. He never took it really seriously. I mean, he didn't try to make jokes every, you know, but he, he, I mean, well, for example, I remember one question the interviewer asked him. He said, John, if you weren't an actor, what, what would you be doing? And, he's, and with a straight face, he said, I'd probably be an axe murderer. <laughs> you know, I mean, stuff like that. And then, and then, you know, say, well, I don't know. I teach. I would do this, whatever. But he, yeah, he, he, he just had a tremendous sense of fun. Yeah. And that infected the set, and people who came on the set were always so welcome. And, and, and as you say, I, I run into actors years later and said, I had so much fun doing your show. Oh, isn't that terrific? Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. so great to hear? Yeah, yeah and clearly yeah. you had a good experience because you are well-adjusted. You know, you, you know, I mean, actually there was a TV Guard article about you in the 82, which you got the cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, fact, yeah, yeah, I, wait, yeah. I wrote it down because yeah, the, yeah, yeah. uh, the headline was yeah. legendary. Oh, something like he wants to be the uh, he's the fourth banana. He wants to be the first, or something like that. They were trying to sell. I want to get the uh, trying to sell TV guys. Yeah. Oh, Three's Company and Number Four's got a problem. Yeah, some problem. <laughs> but it was it, yeah, it was no, no it problem. Was, but but trying. you got the cup. But I mean, that's the best part is that there's have, always the three. It was always the three, the, and then all the, of a sudden yeah, there you the are on the cover of TV yeah. Guide. And you know what they do when you got the cover and it's in my home. They send you this gorgeous uh, watercolor rendition of a huge watercolor rendition of the cover, which which is in the house there. That's yeah. so cool. Isn't that nice? Yeah. yeah. And then you were right. And then you're being interviewed about talking about, uh, you know, what you want to do next and what you're, you know, thinking of. And they ask you, you know, like, are you okay with this? And you were okay with it then. You totally got it. I think that's the beauty. It's like people talk about this all the time. Howard Stern, I listen to him all the time, right? His thing yeah. is... You have to, you know, stay on your show. You won the lottery by getting a show. Right. Which was why I think everybody appreciates you never left. You stayed on until the end. Yeah. And because so many people, you know, like you, you don't want to be like a Suzanne Summers or something like, or uh, Shelley Long or people like that that don't seem to get it. 
yeah. you know, where they, you won the lottery, and then you worry about it later. You know what? I'm just a kid from Queens. I love the Mets. Yeah, I a Jewish baseball. kid who was promoting pork in stuffing. Well, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Look up www. I'll do it for the cash dot com. You'll see my reason. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I never had, I never had a star complex or any kind of ego complex, whatever. You know, I and mean, that's the thing. When when shows like these, a lot of people just get very upset and they get angry. But you moved on, and you have so much other work after. You know, yeah. which is oh, also I saw you on the the Mary Tyler Moore show years ago playing, which was funny because you and John Ritter were both on the Mary Tyler Moore show. We're playing a prosecuting attorney. You were playing a prosecuting attorney. He was playing a priest. A tennis uh, player who yeah. just got back from tennis. Yeah. I remember bright on my right hand, bright on my backhand, groom on my forehand, something like did that. Did you see my one day at a time that I was on? No, I probably did. Silver spoons? Serious? Uh, no, I believe you. I, I, I don't. Just, I don't I, remember. You know, I mean, I used to watch. Pollinate. You were they, working like, with Jason Bateman. Yeah, they <laughs> sent. Yeah, and I did a pilot. Uh, guest star pilot played uh, Perry. What's his name from Friends? Perry. Uh, Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry's father. Oh, on 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 a weird show where the father dies but comes back and talks to the son and I don't know. well, actually, I'd been watching Antenna TV for some reason has marathons of it's a living, mm-hmm. and then I was like, wait, I don't remember what he was on this, and then I have to keep looking it up. I was Barry Youngfellow's uh, uh, husband, yeah, husband, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Richie Gray, yeah. And again, you know, it's int- I, I'm this is my thing about actors, and you know, you enjoy because you teach it, yeah, and I'm I'm fascinated and i like talking about it you get a guy like joe pesci which is why i'm i don't want brad pitt to win because even though i'm sure he's a lovely guy joe pesci deserves the oscar because he, he, he's an actor i mean i mean look at this guy right look at him he's it, this is what he is we all know what he does you know so they make they have goodfellas and they have casino and he's terrifying and this is his, the way he is yeah. then they make the irishman de niro and pacino they're doing performances we've seen a hundred times we still enjoy them but Joe Pesci changes. He's just as terrifying in a completely different fashion. He said, this time I'm going to do it different. Yeah. You forget he's an actor sometimes. You think he's playing himself. But if you even know that Goodfellas and Home Alone were the same year, and then you watch Lethal Weapon 2, where he's playing a completely different character, yeah. then you're like, this is the guy that deserves the best supporting actor. This turn of what he did in this movie is phenomenal. With a, a slow burn scare, you know, like just very quiet and not the crazy guy we've learned to love in Goodfellas, who was just as, but just yeah. as terrifying in a completely different way. Well, because he's, a, you, char- he's a character actor. I mean, you know, he's a character you get, actor. You get Matt Damon and and, uh, and and Brad Pitt, Leo. They're handsome guys who happen to be really fine actors, but they're kind of pigeonholed. You know, they can't really step out of that box. That's right. For us to accept them. You know, but that's uh, what I was saying about with with you is that you know when you're in the, it's a living, and I know it's just a sitcom and everything, but it's work. But it, you, it's like you you took it's a different character you play. Yeah. You know, you're playing this guy, and it, and you took it down a little. Like it's not like it's yeah. funny because you just don't you don't sometimes you don't people don't think of yeah. Three's Company as acting. You're like, well, that's the way Richard Klein is. This is his thing. It might but be the then you acting. see, it's true, right? Because then you see, oh, it is acting because he's acting. As a different character yeah. now in this yeah. in this ridiculous show, yeah. it's a living, which is a nothing show. Yeah. But you know, it, but you know, I, I yeah. still enjoy it for some reason. Well, and then there's the dramatic stuff I did. You know, I mean, I I love. I did a spot on a couple of spots on uh, NYPD Blue, where I was actually playing a crackhead, 
and Michael Paul something Gosselier. He has three names, whatever. Gosselier. Oh, the guy from uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, Mark he, Paul Gosselier. Mike Paul Gosselier. Uh, There's a handsome fellow for you. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> he had a scene where he threw me up against a wall and was, you know, threatening me and whatever. I mean, it was, it's a wonderful scene. And, uh, you know, that's heavy, heavy dramatically. I remember seeing you, I didn't look this up or anything, but and I don't know what the show was, but I think you had AIDS in like a one of those TV movies and where you were really sick in bed. And oh, you mean St. Elsewhere? Is that what it is? is that Maybe. About? It was a long time ago, and I remember noticing you and I saying can't, can't it was nice i remember saying oh i'm you know i was one of those guys and i think there's a lot of people like that when i would see you before we knew each other i was so happy that you were working it's one of those things i think there were a lot of people like that like you want to see the, your favorite characters you don't you don't mean berbiglia's movie i definitely do not mean that because it was definitely was way before berbiglia was oh, anybody okay yeah okay this is just something i remember okay. in my head because i would i would see character actors that I'd known because yeah. I, you know, was a student of television. Sure. Um, and then when I would see them working, it made me happy because I always wanted to be an actor. And here's, this is the whole thing with you, yeah. which is why everyone who I told that you were coming is so thrilled. And I'm talking about everybody, the waitress that was here before Kelly was so excited that you were coming. I told the, the woman, Esty, that books the room, she's, they're gone. Um, they're so excited. I told people last night, I mean, they just oh, get excited. Sure. And yeah. here, and this is what I was talking about last night. I was on a, um, the Sam Morell, Joe Mackey podcast, Phil Hanley, that's called Keeping Joe. And we were talking about you and they were just like so excited, you know, and this is, you know, why does it get exciting? Here's, here's the answer for boys my age. Okay. Um, and comics. When we first started out and wanted to be comics, yeah. you know, what is the eventual goal? You know, it's very rare if you're going to become a Richard Pryor or something like that. You know, I mean, at this point, it might not be rare because Netflix is giving everybody stuff. But yeah. in the day, in the, in the early 80s or late 80s, when I started and, you know, most of the friends that I know, like David Tell and, and Artie Lang, and we've discussed this before, that the, the, the goal was to be a comic, but then to probably get a TV show. Of course. And I don't think any of us thought we would ever be the lead in a TV show. So the goal was to be Larry from Three's Company because it was perfect, because it was exciting. And playing the next door neighbor who was the coolest <laughs> guy, whose lines were, to pick up women, I'm a photographer for Playboy magazine. You know, I mean, that's what we wanted to achieve. So that's why I think it speaks so much to us. Yeah. It's not even, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, that's what we all wanted to, that's what we thought. You know, wouldn't it be great yeah. if we could be Richard Klein? This would be a really wow. good thing for us. Well, you, you know, know in the, because it's also yeah. it just, you know, just this is one thing. I mean, it's just yeah. like it. You know, you it just seemed, you know, like now you've solidified it, but it seemed like it was a nice place to work, and the people were nice, and you know, you were with girls. I mean, as a as a boy, so okay. out, I mean, it just seemed right. like the greatest. Job, but I think that's why we're all in kind of awe of you because that was our plan wow. to become you. Well, you know, you know, in the seventies and, and probably spilling into the eighties, um, the talent coordinators for the networks would go to the improv. They go to the comedy store to to find the next best thing. I remember there was uh, Jimmy Brogan. Does that ring a bell? <laughs> sure does. Okay, hey, he had, I'm old enough to remember. He had I mean, a series called Out of the Blue. 
they picked them off the stage of the of the comedy cellar. It didn't happen, whatever. But that was. I think he wrote for the Tonight Show for years after that. Well, that's isn't that where we got Kem- Kevin James? I mean, all these. Well, guys. this is the thing. What you're saying is seventies and eighties, but that continued on to definitely the nineties, where they were just. I used to tell my acting friends, my friends who were just just actors, not yeah. comedians. I said. During the 90s, the mid-90s, when everybody was getting picked up with development deals and management and stuff. That's it, yeah. I told all my friends who were acting, I said, listen, just come up with five minutes of material. You'll be seen by more people one night at a club than you would in a six-month run of a play. Wow. And it was a fact. Wow. And it wasn't fair. Yeah. Because all these comedians who weren't actors. Now, Ray Romano is not an actor. And all of a sudden, because he's been working for 20 years, he's really good. Sarah Silverman, the same thing. I mean, she was just like, she's got so much work, she became better. You know, these people like, you know, Kevin James isn't an actor. I don't think he went to acting school. I mean, there was, you know, this very rare, Robin Williams, yes, he was he was trained. Yes, You know, these are one of those guys that became a comic and he was a trained actor. And there's a couple of those. But mostly, you, you know, what, bad luck for actors, good luck for comedians, a fast track, which is why I probably still always come back to it because I was always in and out. But I always kept coming back because I'm like, it's the fast track to right. everything you've ever wanted. I mean, look at somebody like Amy Schumer. I mean, it's sick that that can happen where you're just doing stand-up comedy and all of a sudden you're a movie star. Was Melissa McCarthy stand-up or no? No, she was um, improv and sketch. Okay. She was from the Groundlings. Well, there's another, but there's another there's one, another right? Source. Exactly. I mean, but that's, well, well, that's where Saturday Night Live was pe- picking people too, comedians, yeah. Groundlings stuff. I mean, I auditioned for Saturday Night Live in the <laughs> mid-90s. And I know I lost out to Tracy Morgan, and I know because it was down to like 10 of us. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were auditioning at the comic strip and doing stand-up and yep. characters. And the lineup was always, and I've told this on the podcast before, white, 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 black, white, 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 black. And that night, it was white, black, white, black, white, black, which meant they were looking for a black guy. Okay. <laughs> it was very yeah. clear to everybody because it just didn't go that way. We didn't even think anything of it until we realized that it was so... Kind of racist, I, I guess. I auditioned for the original Saturday Night Live. You 19, did? Night yeah. And my agent said, I, I said, what are they looking for? Because nobody knew what the, what the hell they were. Right. right they said, they're looking for like five minutes of material. So even then, they were and looking I said, for... Kind oh, of, but I'm not a stand-up. Oh. I'm an actor. And they said, well, you know, look at some comedy records, people that you like, and just pull something. None of those guys were stand-ups, though. So, you're right. So... I somehow stumbled upon Albert Brooks' rewriting of the National Anthem. Are you familiar with it? I sure am, yeah. The funniest freaking thing. And I also play the piano. I didn't know that. So I did the thing, you know, where he says, we got to get rid of the National Anthem. Nobody knows the words anymore. You know, let's hold auditions. We'll play a neutral place in Washington, D.C. That's a legendary bit. We'll have a Steinway piano. Come in there. You audition. Okay, I'll take you right now to that audition hall. Okay, boom. So I'm at the piano. I'm going, dum, dum. Boom, 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 boom. Hi, my name is Bill Miller, and I'm from a exciting town up north called Portland. Doom, doom, <laughs> and I did. Five, but when I when I came in, they said, "Hi, Richard Howard. What do you got for us today?" I said, "Well, I was going to do some of the rewriting of the National Anthem for Albert Brooks." And they said, "Oh, he's one of our writers." Oh, that's right. Of course, I forgot. <laughs> oh no! And I just felt like the world closing in on and right. I'm a dead man. So, you know, like, I forgot that's right. He used to do the films wow. at the uh, original, the first yeah. uh, season. You know, I got to talk to him um, in August, which oh, was really exciting. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. He was at, um, we were at a, Sarah Silverman always has this rooftop party. So he was there and we talked for like he's 10 one of minutes. My, he's one of my heroes. 
Love him. He was really great. He still looks really good. Oh, God bless him. He's so cool. I got to talk to him and Rob Reiner that day. I oh, did, wow. I did an entire podcast about it. Nice. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, well, this time I decided not to get high, and that will be the difference, and then I can make the move. I'm not telling anybody. No. Well, it's okay. Your secret's there. safe. Well, no, the last two times, Sarah had always been saying, I want you to meet Diane Keaton, and I was too high. I couldn't do it. So I'm like, this year I'm not going to. Didn't you just do a movie with her? Yeah, her and Jeremy Irons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's good. He's quite wonderful. I, uh, I want to do a sitcom so with him where he's like, I'm, I'm going to put the children down now. <laughs> Everything he says is creepy. At the end of our <laughs> shooting day, I came up to him and had my phone, my phone and I said, Jeremy, can I take a selfie with him? He says, oh, my God, really, must you? And he was, I mean, he's being sweet. Yeah. But, you know, I said, must you? I said, hold on. I'm more famous than you are. Come on. <laughs> I, yeah, put my armor on. And we took the photo. He laughed. Oh, that's good. He didn't laugh. He laughed. He laughed. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. I love him. Oh, he's fantastic. He's amazing. I always think sometimes when people win Oscars, they win for the previous year, you know, because okay. they're running. Even though he was great in Reversal of Fortune, he was unbelievable in that David Cronenberg Dead Ringers, oh, right? That's so I always think he won for that kind of. That's the best. Just the way I always think, um, like Cher technically won for Mask, and then she, did, but then next year she won for Jimmy. Dean, uh, she didn't win for Mask. Fight. She won for uh, Moonstruck. Oh, Moonstruck. But I feel like the performance was technically, you know, for Mask or something. You know, I always think you win, you know, kind of for maybe what you know a previous performance or something. Did you see 1917? No. Oh, is it good? My goodness! I heard it's like one shot. Y- yeah, but they do. They they've they've admitted that they've done some editing tricks, but it looks like oh, one. that's okay. It I looks mean, like one shot. That's pretty it looks cool. Like, it looks like steady, I figured it was an editing trick. Steady you know? cam from beginning to end. That's amazing. That and, sounds great. Okay. I usually don't like movies like World War One kind of stuff. Or I, I didn't know what to expect, but it was fantastic. That's what everybody says. Uh, did yeah. you see Parasite? Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> Wasn't that what a ride that don't, was? Don't, don't, no spoiler alert. No, I'm not. Right. I just never expected I, it. To, nobody did. Wow. I yeah, that was, fell off the couch. I did not. Multiple times, you know, like it's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things like I, I didn't really like the Joker that much. And everybody's like, it's great. It's great. You know, the hype. When stuff doesn't live up to the hype, but when it does, wow. Yeah. You know, like yeah. for me, I, I said love actually, like, man, this isn't a, compare but so 10 years after it came out and it was like oh it's great it's great and i'm like whatever and then i watched it, it was like one of my favorite movies oh, yeah. You know? yeah, like, yeah let yeah, alone yeah. alan rickman and you know he's alan rickman unbelievable confuse him and jeremy irons all the time and i'm good friends with alan, with um, jeremy Irons. that's <laughs> the worst alan rickman yeah that was horrible it was really horrible. bad terrible horrible. it's all right it's not your Are fault you gonna have me back okay, i don't know can i um I ask you do, about. I, um, I can do uh, Humphrey Bogart. Please. Fishing kid. Dames are simple. I never met one who didn't respond to a slap in the face or a slug from a 45. That's from Played Against. Thank you. Up top. You know, because oh, you yeah, know yeah. I know because I knew that girl you were on the love boat with was in that movie. She plays Sharon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's like, uh, you know, Sharon, because he's <laughs> trying to imitate uh, yeah. Bogey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the best. Um, do you know how I found out you were in uh, the army? The Jewish news. <laughs> what? Seriously? Yeah. Isn't that funny? What the hell is the Jewish news? Exactly. Okay, fine. Um, I had a question. Oh, Don Knotts. Yes. Was he terrific? Was he a wonderful man? Fantastic. Fantastic. You know, on the surface, he's shy, whatever, although he had 
married three times and they were all blonde dancers. Nice. That's exactly the way I would do it. Yeah, that's yeah. A lot of us. He's not an idiot. No, (laughs) no. But he he was he was uh, very low key, very dry, and sweet as can be. And you know, did he make everybody laugh on the set? Was he that funny? Like he was that funny? Yep. With with his lines, he wasn't like he wasn't a cut up like John. Oh, he wasn't like he wasn't at oh, living all over the place. Oh, like I see. Oh, oh, that's interesting. See, oh, yeah, I wasn't sure. No, but, but with his lines, when he did his character, he did Furley. You know, no, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah. But when we found out that the Ropers were, this is what spun I want to know. When yes. the Ropers were spun off, this is my I'm next going, question. Oh, that's gonna. What? Who are they gonna get for the landlord? And then my agent uh, called and said, "You're not gonna believe this. Are you sitting down?" I said, "What? No, what?" He said, they got Don Knotts. For the, I said, that's another five years. <laughs> really? You thought that? Because oh, I, was, uh, I wasn't sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. like you oh, or no. John would get it, but I wonder if the girls even were like, Don Knotts? Where's he I been? I remember John, John went, he was like so happy through the roof. But I mean, you get a guy that Well, I'm sure talking. he probably had a lot to do with it, too. I mean, he's, they, they had to Approval. be approved by him, right? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, probably. You don't think so at that point? I don't point? know, but uh, probably. That was th- after the third year. Yeah. But uh, uh, five Emmys, you know, from from with he won Griffith. five Emmys. Yes. You know, you're the only person that's been on every incarnation of Three's Company. That uh, the Ropers and Three of Three's a crowd. I guess it on the Ropers. Uh, Norman fell. Mister Roper was showing me around the property, and we go outside. I guess, and there's a hot tub, and there's a babe in the hot tub with a bikini, right? <laughs> And uh, goes, how does that show not work? Yeah, Lois, this is Larry. If you were telling Larry, me the script, I would have been laughing out loud. This is Lois. I have a sport jacket, slacks, a tie, a shirt, and a tie. She's in the thing. And uh, Mr. Roper says, okay, I'll leave you two alone. So I go, hi. She goes, hi. She says, um, and what do you do? I say, I'm a talent scout for MGM. <laughs> And then I walk into the hot tub. Oh, with your clothes sit, on? With my clothes oh, on. Oh, wait, did I remember that? Sit down. And then I remember my tie floated up to the surface. And I, as I was talking to her, I just kept pushing the tie down. Oh, my God. That's I so know, funny. Silly. That's awesome, though. Yeah. How does a show like that not work? I, mean, I guess maybe because you weren't on it every week. But with that, you know, that's a, a famous story. And, he, you know, they make the, the TV movies of the week. He didn't want to leave. She oh. thought, uh, Norman Fell, he knew, he was, my theory is like, stay with the show, stay with the show. And especially he was an older guy. Yeah. He was probably very upset. He was. I mean, everybody yeah. was probably upset. Yeah. yeah. They used to do that back then all the time. They nobody, did it to Rhoda and Mary Tyler Moore. Nobody was more upset than Joyce and Priscilla when they, when they spun off his company without them. Oh, yes, There's I heard about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah but, uh, it was the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it was, the show was over. They would have even been doing nothing. Well, they would have been, I mean, yeah. Whatever. They should have been, yeah, what, what was the, yeah, what was their plan? Why would they be upset? I get it, but that show was bad. I really didn't watch it. You know, they offered me, uh, what they call 10 out of 13 to do, um, threes, what, threes, threes a crowd? crowd? Threes a crowd. But I had gotten, uh, uh, a pilot, a series with, uh, Shelley Fabre. Really? Called, uh, his and hers, I think his and hers, or something like that, with uh, a young fifteen-year-old Shannon Doherty as my daughter. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
So it was a question of whether you go and star in your own series with Shelley Fabre. Shelley Fabre's Jugs. I think that's a line in Greece. <laughs> Is it really? I think so. You know, she had a, a, a hit record when she was a teenager. Yeah. Tiny, no, she was really popular in the, in the 50s. Yeah. Oh, that was her? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But then, yeah I think Kanicki mentions her Jugs. <laughs> she went on to do Coach. With, yes, with no, I know. Craig, yeah, with Craig uh, T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. And Jerry Van Dyke. Yeah, so... And I, the guy that does uh, the voice of Patrick at SpongeBob. I don't know why I know all this. Well, just do. You do your research. <laughs> no, that's just stupid stuff that yeah. I know. Yeah. So so I took that uh, pilot. It didn't go. And then they had me in for a guest spot on, on, on Three's a Crowd. That's nice. Yeah. They liked you so yeah. much. That's yeah. cool. You know, they say um, the... Biggest ladies' men on TV shows, they have a listing, the top, like, you know, 20. And, you know, you, Larry Dallas, <laughs> are up there with uh, Seinfeld, which makes sense if you think about it. You have a different girlfriend every week. Oh, okay. Quagmire. Oh, yeah. You know, from Family Guy. Yeah. Chuck Bass from Gossip Girl. That's a big deal. Joey Tribbiani. Captain Kirk. Joey, Joey yeah. Captain Kirk, The Fonz, Charlie Sheen, Sam Malone, and Don Draper. Wow. And Larry Dallas. Oh, my God. That, that's some that's serious company. That's, that's that, yeah. Wow. And again, what speaks to a, a teenage boy more than that? You know, you I know, think that's why uh, you're all our, you're, you're Who's idol. the creator of Family Guy? Seth MacFarlane. Okay, Seth is a big Three's Company fan. Oh, I know. <laughs> they have many episodes where they do gags of that. Yeah, but it's usually Peter. He said, Lois, he said, Lois, I had a dream. I was at the Regal Beagle. I mean, stuff like that. <laughs> and then... Um, I have actually on my phone, I'll show you after the po- podcast. Somebody had posted a still of Peter holding, or Lois holding a, a, a note from Peter saying, Hi, Lois, watching Three's Company, laugh so hard I pooped my pants, I have to go to the cleaners. <laughs> I have that on my phone. <laughs> There's always, he's always referencing Three's Company. Yeah, I, um, I'm friends with uh, the producer Alex Sulkin. On the show, so sometimes I go to some of the recordings. I get to watch nice. some recording stuff. I've been to a couple of the readings. Nice. And it's, um, I mean, I love that show. And yeah. it would make so much sense that Alec would like that because we have the exact same sense of humor. You know, I mean, that's how we became friends. And, you know, just, I mean, that's why Ted is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Oh. Have you seen it? I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. Exactly. But it would make sense that, of course, they worship for Three's Company because that's, you know, what we grew up on. And that's yeah, the yeah, sense yeah, of yeah. comedy. And um, there was one thing I was going to mention before we get off and move on for Three's Company. You just said something. What was it? I don't remember. Talking about Family Guy. I don't remember now. Okay. I had one last thing of Three's Company that I'm never going to mention it again with you. Go ahead. You know, now our relationship will go back to... Oh, I know what it was. Oh, no, it wasn't this, but I remember there was an episode where your sister was on... Um, Lucinda Dooling was an actress. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. It's just funny that Larry had a sister. It was only well, one Larry episode. Sister. Yeah, yeah, Larry's sister. Right, right. Yeah, what, did thought. John was hitting on her or something? Well, that's what Probably. they thought, but Probably. it turned out he was being very respectful. Right. I don't know why. But you know what I was talking about? It was that um, it's funny that you always want to know that John Ritter was pleasant and nice. Yeah. And it's not like a thing where you find out later that he was a complete asshole. Right. Like Fred McMurray, <laughs> which oh, I've heard right. no, no, yeah, yeah, hated yeah. that show, hated the cast, yeah. and he was such a dick. And on that show, he plays, you know, this 
perfect dad and perfect person right. that it's just so funny yeah, and that's yeah, why yeah, 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 that's yeah. one of those things that just makes you happy you know that it's all that yeah, everything is yeah. what we thought it was you know which is way cool but um yeah so then anyway i got to you've completely moved on and now you do theater which you'd been doing before anyway i mean you're yeah. an actor yeah but i got to see you in um waitress waitress yeah. which was very exciting for me on broadway yeah. i was sitting in the third row wow and when the um you know the uh curtain call comes up you you notice me and i was so excited i'm like that's my friend and i'm like i mean that's like a dream come true know, and then going backstage and being on the the stage and you get to do that every night i mean it's got to be very exciting it's i know exciting. you've done it before you were in wicked well, i don't know what you made the i didn't broadway I didn't did the corner, broadway, right? but, I, I but you'd it. been on broadway before waitress uh, I know you do a lot of touring. I uh, Broadway. I did... Um, no, I stood by for Nathan Lane in a, a David Mamet play called November, where he's playing the uh, President of the United States. And I did go on for Nathan. But, no, this was... The, oh, wait, what am I talking about? Hello, City of Angels. I'm sorry, I was on Broadway for... Oh, 90. right, that's in the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, Larry Gelbart James wrote the Norton. book. Jimmy Norton. Larry Gelbart. I think I saw that. I don't know whether I saw it with you. Cy Coleman wrote the music. Yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. It was like an updated Guys and Dolls or something like that in a way. Waitress was a great experience. You know, I didn't think I was going to like it, and I liked it very much. Good. I really had. I would never have seen it if you weren't in it. I like Sarah Bareilles, actually. Yes. Um, and that girl that played it was good. She was really good. The one that I saw. Yeah. I don't know who it was. But, I mean, it's just... Um, when you're touring... Yeah. I mean, when you're in Cleveland or when you were in Hartford, you're doing Hartford, you know, like, I mean, yeah. is that, what's, I mean, you got to be, you're, I mean, I know comics and they tour. Yeah. Is it grueling? Is it horrible? What are you doing in your hotel room all day? I mean, it's like you're away for a very long time. Yeah. It's not yeah. like comics that are away for the weekends. They come back. Yeah. What do you do? Are you in a nice hotel at least? Yeah. Or do you get a house? Uh, you can either, you can either do company housing, which is a hotel, which is not a horrible. They're. You know, double trees or Renaissance inns or whatever that, or you can Airbnb it and take the quote unquote per diem and run. And you know, you can take. But that's a long time. I mean, sometimes you're in there for months, right? In each city? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Just one weeks. Or, no, one or two week stands. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Wicked was different. Wicked was three to six week stands. Oh. Yeah. Wow. But you and know, you played the, the wizard. <clears throat> yeah. I you had to have been ten times better than Joel Gray. I saw it with the original cast. And although Joel Gray is good in most other things, this was not for him. No comment, Your Honor. I understand. Um, but yeah, I, I would have preferred to see you in it. I just, it wasn't working. I don't know why. I, I was pretty good. <laughs> I would assume since I gave you another role. And here's a question for you. Go ahead. I remember seeing you dressed up in a Liberace costume. Yes. What was that for? Okay. There was a showcase called All That Glitters about now eight years ago. Mm hmm. And, you uh, looked amazing in that photo. Yeah, because uh, the people from Saturday Night Live did the wig, okay, just beautiful Liberace wigs, and they had a, like a white mink coat and whatever and rings yeah. and makeup and blah, blah, blah. And it was shot by a Broadway photographer. Um, and then the actual showcase was three days, which is very rare. It was a $500,000 showcase. Wow. It was at the uh, Brishnikov Theater on 37th Street. And we thought we were, you know, moving on, but it never got picked up. Oh, oh so it was Very like a sad. test. 
And you were going to be Liberace. I was going to be Liberace. <laughs> uh, the older Liberace. It's, uh, it just seems like that yeah. would have worked quite well. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, I'm sorry about that. It didn't work. Yeah, you sent that, that picture and it was like, it was amazing. And there's some great songs from it too. Oh, there are? So there you Who go. wrote it? Uh, nobody you know. How did they choose you to be Liberace? Or did you audition? I auditioned. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That yeah. must make you feel good at least. I mean, I know it didn't go anywhere, but I mean, it must be great to it's audition and just get the part. It's a wonderful process. And then just right like a year later came the, the Michael Douglas uh, thing. Yeah. Behind and the, Matt Damon. Behind the curtain. Yeah. That was disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> On many levels. But yeah. we won't Dan Aykroyd. Tom yeah. Papa. My friend Tom Papa, who's a comedian here. Um, yeah, I remember that. I totally watched that. Yeah. Behind the Candelabra. That's what it was called. Did not oh, no. care for it. It was a bit much. A bit much. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. I mean, you're, I mean, technically Larry Dows. I don't know if I want to see you kissing a man. I don't know if that would call for that, but it's like I didn't want to see Michael Douglas kiss a man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like, look, we're old school. This right. isn't supposed to be the way it is. I, I, I'm sure I, I years hear, from now, everybody will be fine with everything. Justin but, Bieber kisses a man. Nobody will give a shit. Could be worse. Right now, I got a problem. You're my hero. I don't want to see you, Lee Majors, Gil Gerard. Gil <laughs> I don't want to see any of these people kissing a man. <laughs> oh, my Gil God. Gerard. I did a... I did a he was on something I guest starred on, I think. Gil Gerard. Yes, yeah. he was. He was married to Connie Selica. No. Yes. Before the guy from Entertainment Tonight? The guy from Entertainment He's married oh, to yeah, him now. Before, before John oh, Tish. Oh, yeah. John Tish. That's right. Yes. Actually, John Tish founded NYU. No, John Tesh. You're right. <laughs> right. John Tesh. Right. So there's a bit of trivia. Gil Gerard, Connie Selica. Look it up. Gil Gerard. I always do. I have a clip of um, Dave Thomas and SCTV playing Bob Hope, and he's talking to Martin Short, and um, it's unbelievable. He's just interviewing him. It's it's eight minutes long. I'll send it to you. It's you can't stop watching it. It's fantastic. I, I right, love Marty Short. It's just right. So it's the two of them. And they're, he's interviewing Bob Hope as if it's Bob Hope. And it's just, you know, Dave Thomas was so good at that imitation. And he goes, yeah, we're thinking about using this kid, Gil Gerard. Really terrific. I just always remember him saying Gil Gerard because it just was so stupid. Do you, you know? think Zach Galifianakis is as, fun, as funny after he's lost all that weight? Oh, he lost weight? Oh, I haven't seen him. Oh, yeah. He's lost Wait, are you sure? Because I just saw maybe he put her on again. the uh, Scott Ackerman um, two, between two ferns. Between two ferns, yeah. I thought he was still well heavy. Um, well, know. There was a time there where he he lost quite a bit of. Um, excellent question. I've known him for a very long time, and he's yeah. always been a little large, not okay. fat, but you know he's always been. Heavy. Right. I mean, that's kind. You're right. That's kind of his gag. Not, but I think he could be. I think he's good enough where he's not really known as a fat guy. I mean, I guess he kind of is, but yeah. Yeah. he's really kind of brilliant. So I think he could get away with it and well, too firm, make a. Uh, yeah. A 360, and if he really did lose weight and stuff, I think he wouldn't lose it. Two Ferns and Jiminy Glick are in the same ballpark of Yeah, I suppose that's true. Interviewers who was like... Did you see the movie? Which one? Between Two Ferns? No. My friend Scott Ackerman directed it. It's, okay. It's great. And they got they got the A-listers, you know? Did they get John Hamm? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they're all friends. So, yeah. So, but uh, Zach Galifianakis is one of those guys who's like a really sweet, nice I'm guy. Glad to hear too. Yeah, yeah, because there's a bunch of comics that I know that just kind of suck. 
and their okay. assholes off screen and maybe they're funny but they're dicks but he's not he's really okay. really polite and nice and so cool that he doesn't even live he lives in north carolina on a farm you know oh, really yeah he doesn't have time he doesn't have patience for nonsense oh good yeah oh, good yeah, he's cool good to know yeah yeah he's all right but um did you oh you know um, my mother saw the sting with you <laughs> i couldn't get tickets it was sold out Richard was in a musical of The Sting with Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. at the Paper Mill Playhouse. I didn't get to see it because it was dope. I mean, those things are really hard to. Uh, that's where I always. I like seeing movies they make into musicals. I see everything. King Kong. That was horrible. Okay. I just had Michael Riedel on the show, the theater critic from the New York Post. Okay. He, he, he saw one song from it, he wouldn't even go. He just wanted to see the puppet, which is what we all wanted to see. Wow. It was awful. Badly acted. Bad music, bad singing, bad dancing, but the puppet was well, unbelievable. If there's a minor theme to this podcast, you know, how are they in real life and how are they off the set, whatever. Harry Connick Jr. is the sweetest. Oh, he is? Oh, that makes me feel good. Most supportive guy. Oh, that's nice. That's nice to hear because um, I guess I, you know, I don't know anything about him, but I guess Jimmy Fallon used to do this really good imitation of him. and He seemed like an asshole, but I'm only going by Jimmy Fallon's no, imitation he's, he's, of him. He's a wonderful guy. He before the curtain at places he would gather the cast on stage behind the curtain, and he'd shout each night. He'd shout out to a different. There was like thirty-two people in the cast. He'd shout out to the, a dancer or whatever. You are so glad. You're so talented. Oh, that's so, so nice to be with you on this stage. Oh, see, that's weird though. These people have made a lot. Have pay, paid a lot of money for their tickets. Let's give them. That's nice, their but money. the blessed thing. That's a what is that? Then it seems forced. No, come on. That's too much. He is the son of a preacher man. Oh, well, I guess that explains it. All sure. right, all right. And Fine. I'm not talking about Dusty Springfield. He is the <laughs> son of a preacher man. Oh. Well, I guess it all adds up then. So there you go. Right. I guess that seems okay. I mean, um, how did you know you wanted to teach acting? Teach how did I know? Yeah. Because <clears throat> I did some directing in Los Angeles. I directed some television. Evening Shade, Burt Reynolds. You did? Billy did he ask you to do Billy it? Con- yes, he did. So wait, there's another connection so the- with you and John because uh, Billy Bob Thornton, Bob Thornton was also in that, and I believe no, that's- no, you're thinking of Hearts of Fire. Yeah, I am thinking of Hearts of Fire. That's where I always knew that he got he, him and John used to be. Okay, got it. Sorry, mixed up the '90s. I met Billy shows. Bob on the set of Hearts of Fire because I was visiting John, and Billy Bob at the time was handing out copies of Sunblade. Uh, not Sling Blade, oh. no. Before that, the movie that with Carl Franklin directed. One False Move? Yeah. One False Move with Paxton, Bill Paxton. Yeah. He gave And um, yeah. the guy that just won a, a character actor award the other day that's in... Um, no, no, that's not One False Move. That's Simple Blood Simple. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting the genres but, but, mixed but up. He, he gave me a, a copy of CDs. I saw that in the movies. I, he said, I'd like you to watch it. So I, I, th- I think you really like it. Another horrible imitation of <laughs> yes. Thornton. Sounds like Alan Rickman. That movie was outstanding, though. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Now, Bill Car- Paxton, right? Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. No, you're thinking. I know you're thinking of something else. Am I? Am I getting it wrong yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. Where they steal the money or they get this bunch of money? What? I so am I thinking of Bill Pullman? <laughs> I know. Is it Tim in, Robbins? They're kind of interchanging. <laughs> Bill know. Pullman, Bill Paxton. Which one? Who's who? Yeah. Bill Pullman is in Independence Day, and Bill Paxton is in um, all the James Cameron stuff. Okay, and then who's the guy in uh, the Jack Nicholson movie with Helen Hunt? 
the, no, the gay neighbor. Greg Kinnear. They're all the same person. Have you ever seen them all in the same room? No, I have not. Oh, there you go. Now, that's interesting stuff. See, we get all the Hollywood stuff from you, which is really... <laughs> he's doing bits. <laughs> is yeah. that Purple Heart again? <laughs> yes. No, but how did you... Because I really enjoy talking about acting, and I like um, working with yeah, actors. Yeah, okay. So, uh, directing in, in, in L.A. That's it. So, Burt Reynolds asked you to direct? Yeah, because I was... How did he know you'd be good at it? Because I directed... a. Uh, uh, production of Crimes of the Heart for him down in Jupiter, Florida. Oh. Yeah. That's so sweet. Was he a nice guy? or? Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, he was? That's oh, so yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. I was sad when he died, but I was, uh, you know, he just he was so cool. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I, I talk about Smoking the Band on this podcast a lot. I love that song and everything, but he was the epitome of cool. You know, I mean, we had posters of him on our walls. Boys did because he was so I did, cool. I, I did two shows for him as an actor down there, and then he brought me back to direct uh, Crimes of the Heart. <clears throat> and then, like months later, I got a call. <clears throat> excuse me, from uh, somebody from CBS called and said, "Hi, this is Tommy Thompson from uh, CBS. Uh, Bert would like you to direct uh, the fourth episode." I said, who is this? <laughs> wow. I thought there were, he, and there's this real silence. I said, this is Tommy Thompson. I'm the production manager <laughs> from CBS. I said, oh, oh, oh okay, Tom. So, yeah, that was that. And then the Billy, uh, Billy Connolly show, which was a spinoff of Head of the Cloud. That's right. Yeah. And then I did three years off and on directing um, Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, real? Oh, the, yeah, the UPN show, I believe, right? So, if you think about it, no, if you think about it, it's a fact. I directed three Academy Award nominees. Burt Reynolds for Boogie Nights, Billy Connolly for Mrs. Brown, and Bruce Davison for a longtime companion about the AIDS crisis. He was in the TV version of Harry and the Hendersons? Bruce Davison? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's in um, X-Men as well. You know who Noah Blake is? Probably. You know who his father is? No. Oh, Robert Blake? Thank you. You know, so I always have this guy on, um, David Katz, who runs these things, which I don't know whether they had it this year or not, called the Carney Award. Hello, Val. <laughs> That's the manager. Um, who runs this thing called the Carney Awards. They're named after Art Carney, their character actor yeah, awards. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we play this game all the time, and he goes, and you know who's nominated this year is such and such. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. He goes, oh, yes, you do. And it's that game, you know, and I'm like, wait, that's that guy? You know, it's like, great. So it's like, um, yeah, there was this guy who won last year who is the guy in Fletch who takes Chevy Chase's, uh, who puts his finger up the butt for the examination. You're using the whole fist there, Doc? You know, and uh, stuff. And then he's also in um, the Rodney Dagefield um Back to school. Back to school. Where he's like, Melon, get your suit on. I mean, you see this guy a hundred times. Harrison Ford gave him the award. He's friends with Harrison Ford for some reason. And wow. I can't remember his name. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's like, I think there's like a whole bunch of those kind of people that, you know, I probably completely know. I just can't think of their names, which probably with you a lot, probably people don't actually at some point they're just like, Oh, Larry, do you get that a lot? What? People just say Larry. Yeah. I remember my sister used to, she used to work for People Express Airlines. Remember that place? No. You would, you know, probably, because you were a bigwig at back then. This is in the mid-80s. It was an airline where you pay in the air. 
Never heard of that. <laughs> it was People's Express. Never heard of it. So wow. my sister made this promise to herself that she would never call an actor by their name if she ever ran into a celebrity. And she was only 20, you know, whatever. Right, right. She said, I would never do that because that's rude. So she would never call you Larry. She'd be like, Richard Klein. Yeah. But apparently one day Audra Lindley came to People's Express to purchase a ticket. She's working the ticket counter at Newark Airport. Why she's taking People's Express things, I guess, had gone way downhill or something. I think she was rerouted or something. And she goes, Mrs. Roper! And she's like, she's like, fuck! <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then she told her, also, I made a promise to my sister. Yeah, can I just get one ticket to Syracuse, please? <laughs> but, yeah, that's the thing. I always feel. Um, but I kind of rubbed off and I'm like, yeah, no, I, I need to be like that too. But sometimes you just get so excited. I take, you know? I, I let people off the hook. Cause they'll say, Larry, could you do, and 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 uh, they said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I meant Richard." It's all right. My mother calls me Larry. <laughs> Why not? Right. Yeah, but it's like I mean, at least you know you're beloved, and that's the beauty. And I remember um, Joyce D. Witt was interviewed, and she said, "You know, this character's if it wasn't for Richard, this character could be so much, so horrible because oh, you're a sleaze. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. are so lovable, clearly." That by the second season, you're I in the opening so. credits, and then you last the entire run, and, you know, everybody knows. It's like, I mean, in this day and age, you even if you think about it, it's, you know, there's so many things that are so horrible, but you just bring this wonderful energy to it that nobody has a problem with it. And yeah. it, it could have been, I mean, it, under somebody else's acting ability, it that wouldn't have worked. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with John Ritter, too. Anybody else is in that role, that no. series probably goes nowhere. And they probably could very easily make a pilot with somebody else. I mean, this guy, and everybody knows, I'm not saying anything everybody knows, but I mean, it's like, it's so amazing to find the perfect person to, yeah. you know, because this show, it's, it's not a good show, <laughs> you know John, what I mean? But John, then, you, but then he yeah. makes it to this other level. Yeah, yeah. He brings it to another level. Yeah. Farce, which is so difficult to play. Yeah. We all it's know farce. what's happening in every episode is the same thing. There's going to be a misunderstanding and John, we all know. And you talk about nobody else could do that. John used to joke that when he would um, screw up his lines or something, he would say, can we get Bo Bridges? <laughs> He's so goddamn charming, you know? I mean, and that's the other thing, too. There's so many things about, like, where you're with this. If it was somebody else, maybe it would have been. You know, he's kissing the girls a lot and stuff, and it's a little awkward sometimes, but it's like nobody cares. It's him. It's yeah. he's. Yeah. But I really couldn't, I don't think I could think of another actor that would be able to pull that off. You know? You know, they, uh, I'm sure you know this. There's so much stuff on YouTube, whatever. I saw something the other day where John Ritter kissing actresses on the show. So, you know, it was like a clip and Joyce, yeah. and you would have. Suzanne and some guest star, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was yeah, it's insane, right? 27 different kisses. Well, they probably have that for you, too. <laughs> I mean, they probably could compile Larry it. Larry never got to kiss anybody. Really? Yeah. You know what? It's probably in our heads that we think he did because you always had. See, my my thing is always your line to me is always like, and this is what I've always just wanted to be in a show. and be like, you know, Dave, I. Or, or I say to somebody, I'm like, I got an extra girl on my hand tonight. I need, I need a favor. I need to take her, you know, take her off my hand. You know, like whatever. I mean, that's that was always the, you know, the always thing. So we always, and it's funny in our minds. We probably you, maybe you never did, but in our minds, you you betted many many women, you know, on the show. I used to joke that Larry never scored. <laughs> I guess maybe I, if I'm thinking back, but 
nobody has that theory, you know, because we we're brainwashed in a way, you know. Yeah, yeah. He was always he was chasing after it. We never never actually. I guess I don't know. There's a couple I remember. I just hear a buzz. There's a couple where, um, you know, that I remember you were at the Regal Beagle making out. I could swear. You have like a girlfriend or something, and I'm like, look, look at this guy. And this is after we knew each other. So then I watch things more, you know, <laughs> closely, and I'm like, look at this guy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Isn't it exciting to, yeah. um, you know, it's like one of those things. Again, I remember when you watch a show, and you, like, if I if we had known each other back then, and I could go to the set, I would be nothing but happy. You know, like it would be so exciting. Yeah. And I'm still like that. You know, I got to go to the Larry Sanders set, and it was really exciting because I was already a fan of the show. Sure. You know, and I went multiple times. And yeah. Gary sometimes would give me a script that wasn't finished. And he's like, what do you think? And I'm like, what am I going to say? You know, it's unbelievable. Plus, I also had a story, like you said, with that guy calling about directing the thing. I was thinking, I've told this before, I got a call from this guy, Tom Snyder, but not the one from the day. He right. uh, used to create the show Dr. Katz with Jonathan Katz. Right. And um, I got a call from them one day and like, Dave. We're going to into a meeting with Steven Spielberg and Jeffrey Katzenberg. We're pitching this project, and we have a big a part for you that we want to tell you. So we just want to make sure you're interested before we go in the meeting because you're one of the selling points. And I'm like, when when would that shoot? Like over the summer? Because I, I mean, there's the same. You get that call, and you're like, who is this? I mean, like, what, who who calls somebody? Like, why would you even? <laughs> if I was doing that, and I knew I was, I the Dave Juskat was, I would just be like, he'll do it. Don't worry. Right. Let's worry about it afterwards. <laughs> and it was this a new cartoon that they were going to do on ABC um, called Giving Harry the Business. I actually had the pilot because the guy who they were doing it with is uh, does Bob's Burgers. Oh, okay. So he goes, I don't have that show anymore. Like, I have it. And make it, we're, we're trying to do a screening together because we haven't seen it in 20 years. And it was supposed to be on after the Capital Critters or something. One of those cartoons they were trying right. to do early right. on on ABC. Right. And it was all set. Because Spielberg was involved, and we we're gonna, you know, do it, and we were all it's happening. And every week, I was gonna come in with my one man show idea, um, right? Uh, and and then they said Spielberg said we we want to do we want a commitment to twenty four episodes. I'm like, no, we'll give you twelve. And he goes, no, no, twenty four. We walk, and we walked. Not not me. This oh. fucking jerk off. <laughs> like yeah, Tom Cat's uh, Tom Snyder is still angry at Spielberg. <laughs> He's like, what the what's the matter with that guy? We know what twelve episodes is fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, we taped in advance because we really thought it was all happening yeah. to try and get ahead of ourselves. Like, if you have any other one man show ideas, you know, let's do them. And I only had one, and it was the life and times of Gene Hackman. And I didn't have any premise except <laughs> to say the titles of his movies. And I was like, you might remember uh, Superman Four: Quest for Peace and um, the, the Package. You know, <laughs> like that—that that was the whole conversation. I can't believe that show didn't go. <laughs> What happened? <laughs> but, uh, oh, I don't know. What else are you working on now? Because I guess this is it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm teaching. Uh, I know you're teaching. Well, I have a regular class that I'm teaching, but I have an occasional comedy workshop. It's a five-weeker. Oh, yeah. Should we put out? Is it? It's okay. I mean, well, it's a, what do they catch you on your website? It's on New York Castings. It's called NewYorkCastings.com. And... Um, yeah, I'm just finishing up the fifth week next week. Of, and yeah, everybody, you should take it. I took it. I mean, he's such a pleasure to work with. He's yeah, so cool. Yeah, I took it. I had a great time. Um, yeah. You were very kind enough to you know match me up with some very pretty women. And uh, no, but I actually, I appreciate it for the rest of my life. And um, no, but seriously, you're so nice to work with and cool, and you have a lot of good insight. 
And you know the thing about somebody like you teaching a class is like it's you know it's like we know it's not a scam. You've been there. You've worked yeah. with some greats, and you know you have the experience. So yeah. you know, and a lot of times you don't know somebody, and you know it's not cool. Like a you know a lot of comics who teach, you know, you're like, you know, the ones that don't teach at a comedy club, that's not cool. Because yeah. if they're teaching at a comedy club, it's real. Uh, you're gonna get got on. It. Got it. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I, I've done the class. You do bring in an agent at the end, and you know, you, you get a chance. Sure. Give people a chance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's cool because I I actually know some people you got them some work and you you put their names out there and that was very kind you yeah, know because cool. um you know if you've seen that friends episode where joey teaches he, he's trying to sabotage the other actors so <laughs> I, I don't i'm not familiar with that one, oh it's a classic take your uh, word for it <laughs> but yeah if you go to the new york and yeah. you can find out about your cat your uh class and everything i just i want to tell you this as we uh Finish off with our closing Sammy Hager. I got all over the place for 1983. I just wanted to say that um, I will not ask you any more Three's Company questions ever again in our relationship. I think I got them all out of my system. But I just want to tell you how much it means to me that we are friends and I really value our friendship and it's exciting and you're just a real nice guy. Thank and you, you're Dave. and you're a really good actor, and I've seen you in several things. And thank you. You know your your wife's very nice. Um, <laughs> she's okay. You know, <laughs> no, she's really nice. Um, yeah, and I I care about you, thank and I you. really really appreciate you coming by like this. And and you were really good in The Godfather too. You know, <laughs> like I mean, that was really fun to work with you, and you. and the joy that you give to other people who get to work with you as well, and like to meet you, and it's really good too. One of the, you know one of the greatest. Thank you for that. Thank you for all of that. One of the greatest things about quote unquote celebrity or being in, being on a show for for quite a while and forty some odd years, when people come up to you and say thank you for the laugh, it's a thing. I mean, it's a thing, man. It's and a big it's thing like, in this world of a lot of Michigas yeah. tension and whatever for someone to say thank you for your for the laugh. Yeah. No, you you probably don't even know how much you mean to so many people, you know, but I try to point it out all the time to you. But I'm talking about these are people like, you know, people that are very established and legends here in comedy and they just absolutely can't wait to meet you and, really you know, you know, talk really to you and, you know, have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really, it's exciting. And you look good, too. You've, like, aged really well. I, if that sounds horrible, but you have great hair, you know, like, <laughs> which, of course, I'm very jealous of that, you know, and... um that's Dan Madden. I try. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you so much, and thank you for taking time out of your day to come here. You're the best. Thank you, Dave. All right, we'll see you next time on the podcast, everybody. Good night. Good night.